I'm Piercy Janwell, and you're listening to Unsubscribed. Every episode, I sit down with business leaders to help you question everything you thought you knew about marketing. If you enjoy this show, please do subscribe and leave a review on YouTube or your favorite podcast player. Now, on to this week's episode. Today on the podcast, we're joined by Corey Riley. Corey is currently a digital campaign producer at Citrix, where he develops, organizes, and deploys marketing automation strategies. He has experience in graphic design, creative, and has also worked as a a consultant, so has lots of well-rounded experience in MarTech. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today, Corey. How, How are things going? Well, thanks for having me. Uh, Things are going well here. It's a nice 72-degree day outside. Oh, I am am jealous of that. (laughs) I woke up to to snow this morning. Not a lot of it, but it it was still, you know, pretty cool. We had that that last week. I live in Texas, and the weather is nuts. So, yeah, you just never know. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. I I lived in Arizona for a little while and people would tell me like, oh yeah, like, you know, five years ago it snowed in the desert and that yeah. just blew my mind. You never know. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, getting a lot of time to play your guitar there lately? Or? Yeah, so I, I play, um, I actually play at church a lot. Um, so it's kind of one of these things that, I've been playing since I was like 11 years old and I just never yeah. put, put it down. So I have oodles of gear. Um, those just, nice. those are just a, a corner of, of what you're saying. So <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I play awesome. every day. It's something I like yeah. to, to do. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I think during COVID it's a great uh, thing to have a hobby like that. Just, to do that my brother is like uh he's big into drumming right now he has like two drum kits in his basement and i'm sure his family enjoys that (laughs) (laughs) yeah well he actually asked me he's getting a new drum kit he's like oh does your three-year-old want my new one and i was like no that's okay there's that's funny. I'll bring them over to play at your house. <laughs> I actually wouldn't mind having a set of drums, but I know I would drive. I would drive my, my wife and my kids crazy. Or they would drive <laughs> us crazy. The kids would probably want to play it. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. A double-edged sword there. Yep, for sure. So, um, so yeah, Corey, I'd love to hear just a little bit more about your background. Um <clears throat> I, I, it looks like you, you actually started your career in, in graphic design. So what got you into that was, were you always kind of a more creative person with the music and everything? Yeah. So yeah, um, definitely have always been on the creative side and it's still, I still enjoy doing that. Um, it's not near as challenging as, you know, some of the, the more technical MarTech stack stuff. But I started as a graphic designer for uh, a regional bank here in Texas. And um, it kind of snowballed into, well, do you do web design? Sure. Even though I 
I, I had dabbled in it, but no, I didn't. So kind of fake it till you're, till you make it kind of thing. And, uh, got a lot of training and, and started doing, doing that. And eventually, um, a friend of mine, actually a coworker with Citrix was like, Hey, we have a position open at uh, a company that does more automated marketing. And I'm like, what is that? I don't even know what that <laughs> is. And this was back in like 2013, 2014. And um, so that's, that's kind of when I started the, the email marketing part of, of life. And so being able to design emails and then build them from, from code from scratch. Like nobody does that anymore. Oh, I'm sure some do, but oh yeah, that's a, More than a total waste think. of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so <clears throat> I heard. Yeah, and 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 so the, the creative side has always been something that I've enjoyed doing. Um, but the, you know, the the web language and the the building out of websites and even emails, that was more of a challenging part. And I'm, I'm the kind of person that if I can't figure it out, I'm going to take it apart and see how it works. Even with like, yeah. I remember growing up different toys. Like how does I had a, I remember I had a, a Batman cave growing up and there was like an elevator thing. I was probably like four years old um, that, that would go up and down, but I just could not figure it out. And I took the whole thing apart. And I remember my, my mom just getting so furious at me because I took this brand new thing I got for Christmas apart, but <laughs> that's just how I'm wired, you know? And yeah, yeah. if something, if something breaks, I'm going to try to fix it first before I, you know, hire somebody. Sure. Or, yeah. So. Yeah. I had a uh... I like at my old house, one of the garage doors broke and, uh, That's they're like, Oh, oh yeah, it's $400. <laughs> you need a brand new one. And then I went online and started researching it. And, uh, they apparently just like the little gears were broken in there. So I bought new gears for like 20 bucks and it took me 10 minutes to put them in and then we're totally fine. And yeah, that, that's just like, so satisfying when you can do something like that. So I don't want to one up you. Okay. But I have a story Yeah, that is similar to that. So I had a, a, a pickup of was a Ford F-150 and for whatever reason you'd put it in park, shut it off. All the lights in the dashboard would just stay on. I don't, they would never go off. It would r- run the battery down. And so I take it to the Ford house and, they diagnose it and tell me $1,800 to fix this thing. And I'm like, you got to be crazy. What are you, what are you going to fix? And they, they said, well, we got to take out the entire shifting column in the center and replace the entire shifting column and put all these pieces back together. So I come home, I YouTube it and I find a video of this, this guy that had the same problem. And I kid you not, he had links to what it is. It's just a little switch that went bad in a wire okay. in the shifting column thing. It cost me less than $10 to fix that thing. Oh yeah. And, and it took it's, like five, five minutes. So isn't yeah. YouTube just like amazing for that though? Like, oh, yeah, you can, like, you can I, learn how I to do anything. I typed in the most, my garage door opener, <clears throat> like random model number from like 10 years ago. Thing has like 40,000 views. Everyone having the same issue. 
you can find out how to do anything, including, you know, email marketing. Uh, so I've had so to did do you that. actually, did you actually learn how to code emails? Were you coding um, them or were you doing the design aspects? So a little bit of bo both. I started out doing design. Um, and then when I took a job for a, a, a MarTech company working from home, you know, they, they wanted somebody who had web design experience. And so they just kind of threw me into the fire. Um, and, and a few fires actually learned, to, to design emails. And so I had to figure out and, and learn how to do that because there are, you can't design an email like you can a web page. Even 10 years ago, you can't. Um, back then we were using tables, which was a nightmare. Um, and then they threw me into the Marketo fire and even some Eloqua stuff. And so, um, but as far as email design, yeah, I, I YouTube, Google, how to, you know, what are, what are the recommend, recommended ways of coding something? And so, and they, they had some training documentation and things, but I really, it was just one of those, got to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I remember when I first started using Marketo, it was very similar. I mean, it was so <laughs> yeah. new. No one, no one really knew what they were doing. You had to just trial and error go on the community ask people stuff and yep and then i mean when, when i they didn't have the email editor back in those days you just you threw in the html they didn't have like yeah. their templates that they have now so that's yeah. cool yeah i and it's amazing that you went from like creative all the way to coding i don't hear that often yeah, most you either you either have a creative or you have <laughs> the uh, the back end coding person, and so just being able to to do both, I think I don't know. I guess it provides a little more leverage. I think, yeah. especially the company <laughs> that I went went and worked for, that they were like, well, we could hire this guy to do both instead of having two people. So yeah, you don't yeah. hear it, you don't hear it very often. Yeah, no. So how, so do you think it was just your curiosity that helped you achieve that? I think so. so I, you know, I would see things like I would see a website or an email, any, anything on the web. And I'd be like, I'd look at that and it's like, that looks amazing. How do you do that? Yeah. And literally just looking at the source code and figuring it out. Most of yeah. it was design based, you know, using using CSS and and um, I think I actually learned CSS first before I even learned most HTML. If that makes any sense, I mean, I was learning side by side, but I think CSS is really kind of my strong suit, and even today. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, def that's definitely, cool. Good definitely for you. the curiosity part. Yeah. I think it was more of, yeah, I just want to know how it worked. And so I yeah. figured it out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I was kind of in the same boat. I, I would, you know, realize that like an email was broken and then look at the code and then realize I have no idea what's 
going on in here? (laughs) And I just, I don't know. For me, I was like, I, I tried to do a little bit of that learning, like by just looking at stuff, but seemed like a major time investment that I absolutely just, it is. I wanted to, but I just didn't yeah. have time to. And I also <laughs> felt like, like I shouldn't need to know how to do this, which I, you know, I, I'm kind of saying this now, but now I'm five years into it. <laughs> trying to make a company to help me avoid this issue it probably would have been a lot faster to just learn html but uh yeah you know we have tools now that do it for us and back then even five years ago we didn't have we we didn't have tools that would well i guess we, we we did um but you had to pay outrageous amount of money for them but finding especially with emails, finding something that was broken. Um, you had to just go line by line. Yeah. Oh, it's missing a, you know, a closing tag or something. That's why yeah. it's not displaying correctly. But now we have tools that, that can identify those things. And uh, yeah, so. Yeah, for sure. So, <clears throat> so you did a, a stint in consulting as well. I, I think a lot of the listeners out there, you know, maybe they've been client side forever and they're thinking about going consulting side. How was your experience in consulting? Um, some good and some, some bad. And I, I think what's, what was difficult about it is, is earning a complete stranger's trust, right? You're, they're, they're basically going off of, what you have on a resume or, or, or what you've told them. Um, and so, but then I've had, I've had others who like was, you know, I, I, I just need help and whatever, whatever you can do to help me. Uh, and, and I think, I think earning the, that person's trust and then setting a plan and then just working towards goals and, and, and you set goals that are, reachable don't set you'll hear it both ways you'll hear people say you know set goals that are unattainable because then you're you're reaching for that thing and by the time you even if you don't hit it you're still doing well but i i think for consulting gigs setting goals that are reachable that way the client feels like they're getting their money's worth and you're actually accomplishing something yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, Under promise, over deliver was always my motto there. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, I really like that challenge of like trying to get a complete stranger to trust you as well. I don't mm-hmm. know what it was about that for me, but I did like uh, to do that. And then, yeah, when, once you get them to trust you, then then a lot of times it it changes, but I can totally think of a bunch of clients on both sides that you described there, you know, the ones who just fully accept they don't know and they really want help and the others that are, you know, questioning if if you know what you're talking about and, you know. And I, 
I found that the ones that um, weren't as hands-on, that makes sense, like weren't, didn't want to meet every day or, 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 you know, send me an email of everything you did today. The ones that weren't, they are invested financially, but they've got their business. They've got to do that. They've, yeah, they've yeah. trusted you to, to, to do the, the marketing side. I find those were the ones that were the most successful. The ones that wanted to meet all the time and discuss every little thing. Yeah. It, yeah. it ended up not working out. And, and yeah. so. It, it's always so interesting to me on that, though, that like, yeah. I would I would say the most successful companies we work with that was just like their culture of hey let the experts do that and we're going to focus on what we're really good at whereas other people kind of go into it with this mindset of like I know everything already I don't need help I'm going to do it all it's like and that's a night yeah, that's a nightmare yeah and you can you probably like you can you sure you are smart enough and you could do it all, but you don't need to do it all. Right. And and really, what else could you be doing if you're having someone else help you? Um, right. But yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's interesting. I mean, the more you do it, that you can go on a 10, 15 minute call and you know what kind of client it's going to be. Yeah. And, and so um, and there's, there's been times where I've just said, I, I don't, I don't feel like this role is going to work for me. So I've had the yeah. pass and that's okay. How did you, pass. how did you make that uh, determination for, you know, when you were in <laughs> consulting, to, was there yeah. a, a moment where you realized like, Hey, this, I don't think this is for me. Um, I, I, I always would, and I don't, I don't, I have one client now, um, just because I don't have time to, to deal with a bunch of different ones, especially having a full-time job, you know, that's my number one, um, day in, day out, like that's priority. Um, so if I'm, if I am doing consulting, it's, it's either after hours or on the weekends. Um, so a setting the expectation, like, Hey, you have to be honest. Like I'm not going to be able to work on this, you know, these days kind of thing. Um, but I think when they start questioning, um, like, I don't know, it's been, it's been different for, for a bunch of different clients, but I don't know. It's, it's for me, it was when they, they would nag me to death. Does that make sense? Like, uh, yeah. And, and I'm just like, look, you need to trust me that this is going to either a work or it's going to get done. Like I've told you, I can't work outside of these parameters. And, um, I think when they expect more than what you've initially told them, um, that's when you kind of know, but then when you have the ones that are, uh, you know, they, they, they do trust you and, they don't, they're not emailing you 10 times a day. Right. Asking yeah, the same questions over and over. That's where, you know, sure. okay, you can run, you can run with this client. So, but I always would give them like two or three weeks as a, like a, let's just try this and see if it works, you know? Yeah. And, um, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it does. So for sure. 
And so what, what made you decide to go back on the, on the client side after your consulting gig? You mean like, um, like, did you want to keep doing consulting or you, you went (laughs) from a consulting role to Citrix. So, you know, yeah. Um, The, the 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 daily grind uh i've I, when when you're when you're kind of a consultant you're doing work for a bunch of different people a bunch of different businesses and so you're having to learn a what it is you're marketing and who you're marketing for and if you're doing that for a bunch of of people unless you work for an agency you know you're you're hired by an agency you're a full-time employee of an agency but i think i don't know just the being self-employed is difficult Mm -hmm. um i mean there are rewards to it but it's the going out and finding clients and schmoozing people to trust you and and take on your you as a as a a client i just got tired of that i got tired of Mm -hmm. it and so um going back into the full-time you know workforce uh i only kept one one client and it's a family member of mine. So, so yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's hard. It really is. And, I hope they trust that, you then. I hope they trust you then. Great. I, I do. Well, <laughs> I, I hope so too. I hope they just don't feel sorry for me or something. <laughs> no, <clears throat> no, I think it just, it wasn't, I just, uh, you know, if I had to do it, that do that again, I would. Um, but I don't know. I just, I, I, Citrix has really changed my life in, in such a great way. Um, so I don't know. I, it's, it's such a great yeah. place to work. And I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I mean, that's, it's, that's the reality of it. Being yeah, able to yeah. work from anywhere and, and they trust me. Uh, and so I don't know. I can't complain. So have you, have you worked remote for a long time? for six years so yeah actually today today's november 1st today is my four-year anniversary at citrix nice so congratulations on that but thank you um before that i was um like a like a third-party contractor to citrix so for two years um so i've been i've been remote for six years fully remote um nice working from home i'm uh yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat there. I, I was remote, fully remote for like nine years. We, we just wow. got an office, so it's changing a little bit now. But uh, I'm doing like the opposite of everyone else during COVID. <laughs> we got an yeah. office and I went uh, in person. But um, yeah, I, I'm curious for you, given you have a lot of remote experience, like did did much change for you this year in 2020 with everything going on or did it feel like status quo? Um, from, from a workforce perspective, no, nothing changed. It was just business as usual. Um, but the market changed the way the world works changed. You know, and I, it, this is really kind of something that, Working from home, fully, you know, being remote, 
eventually our world was going to get to that point. Um, but COVID just kind of sped things up. Yeah. And so now what happened at Citrix is we, we had to turn the fire up, like turn the, the burners on and uh, burn the midnight oil, I guess you could say, because our client base just grew enormously. Yeah, right. Um, For sure. And, and, and so uh, it's been a really, it's, it's sad to say, you know, that something so devastating um, really kind of launched Citrix. I mean, not that we weren't a huge company yeah, before, but, right. but it really provided a lot more success and we were going to get there eventually. It's just, yeah, yeah. Fast well, you know, I think it's inspiring to hear about companies who are, you know, realizing a lot of success at this time because uh, a lot aren't, right? But uh, hearing from those that are still, you know, and, and in some cases, like you said, doing better than ever, like what what does that, how does that feel right now? Um that that it kind of put a lot of wind in your sails at Citrix, and you know, I think it's 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 rewarding to know that because of the the type of product that we provide, allow businesses not to have to shut their doors and allow you know probably millions of people to not have to lose their jobs, right? Right. Um, that that in itself is is a great feeling, you know. I, I'm not responsible for that, but I play a really, a really, really teeny, tiny, small role in, in in allowing you know people from all over the world to hey, you know, you can stay home and still be productive. And actually, right. in in my experience, I feel like you're more productive working yeah. from home. It takes time, it takes time to to get into that mode, but. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. I think, yeah, like you said, you know, I, I think there is still, still a bit of a stigma of people working from home in the general public from those people who have never done it before. And I think that COVID has at least opened everyone's eyes to like, it is yeah. very possible. It's yeah. In some cases better. And, uh, yeah, I sped things up for sure. But I, I will say that I do much look forward to going to an office. Um, mm-hmm. A few times a year, yeah. I, I try to make it my face appearance, you know, into yeah. an office. And and I think that's important. I think that if you can, if you can work from home and go to an office, you know, a couple of days a week, there there are times where I was I wished I lived in Raleigh, North Carolina. That's, that's where I'm based out of my, my main office. There are times where I wish I lived in Raleigh because I could, yeah, I think I'm going to go to the office today. And, mm-hmm. and right. people, people that live there, uh, many people on my team, they get to do that. You know, if they, if they need to work from home or if they want to work from home, they can, but uh, for the human psyche and for you know, I think face-to-face and human interaction is still an important thing, um, even in the workplace. So it is hard. Yeah. It's hard for me. Yeah. So I try to get yeah. into an office yeah, as we've much got, as I can. 
We've got about half our company is, is remote. And before this happened, we'd have like two times a year where we got the whole company together for a week. And we do some, you know, some like work, um, but then also just relationship building and, yeah. you know, having yeah. some it's fun important. together, which was yeah, so huge. But I, I agree that balance, right? What what is given what Citrix does, like what is the culture around remote work? So if you are in an area where there's an office nearby, what are the expectations? <laughs> it's funny you mention that because the very first time I, I went to an office, you know, I'm here's a guy that's where I live, it's eight to five. Like you you're in your office sitting down working at by eight o'clock in the morning, you know, 8 a.m. And you, know, you work till five o'clock. And so the first time I went to a Citrix office, uh, you know, I'm, I'm there. I've tried to be there like 20 minutes early. I get there, an hour goes by. There's still nobody. It's like nine o'clock. Maybe a few people trickle in. By like 9.30, here comes my boss and then some of our other team members. And, you know, it's, it's not a... I'm going to say, yes, there are times where it is fast paced and there's a lot, but for the majority of, of what our culture, I feel like it's more, we base work around living and not live to work. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's not a, it's no question if, you know, Hey, my kid has a thing at school. I need, I'd like to go see it or go eat lunch with uh, my daughter at school or, like no question you do family is first like that's the culture mm-hmm. that they they have the the you know designed around life comes first and then work um yeah. but you still got to get your work done so <laughs> <laughs> no for sure i like that a lot um so so i'd love to to shift gears and maybe talk a little bit about email now um, yeah, absolutely. And I know you're an integral part of that at Citrix. Maybe you could talk number one about you know what what email means as a channel to Citrix for marketing, and then also um, how you're currently structured to create emails and where you were before, and how okay. that kind of transformation happened. Sure. So I, I am, my, my official title is, you know, campaign producer, but if I wanted to get more specific, it's a solutions lead person. So um, that's been somewhat recent, maybe within the last year, but uh, the global demand center, that's, that's basically, we, I say we create all the emails. We, um, we intake all the requests and we manage them and send out emails and things. So there's two different sides. There's field marketing, which is um, globally. We have Americas, EMEA, uh, APJ. And I couldn't tell you like what all the countries are off the top of my head, but it's, it's a global thing. And so we have lots of, and I don't, I don't want to use the word ad hoc because that's really kind of a, 
that it's always, there's always been field marketing emails. And, and for us, that's mostly like webinars and events. Um, we're constantly doing those, constantly doing webinars and events. So I guess you could say from a channel marketing, email marketing, that that's one side of it. Um, and then the, the other side, which I'm, I'm more heavily involved in is the, the nurturing side. So we have, <clears throat> we've, we've got three, I want to say three tiers or three levels of nurturing. We have, have our, our marketing ops operations nurturers, which is we take um, those are designed for leads that are falling off or coming out. They're, they're getting near an a, a e-marketing date. Like those are, they're kind of what we call in the danger zone. Like if they haven't opened an email or clicked on something or have never um, even been sent an email, but they're in our database. We're, we're, we're trying to pull them into our e-marketing channel so that we can start nurturing those leads. So that's the marketing operations side. Then we have a demand gen side. Um, and then we have an adoption marketing side, which is, you know, uh, current customers and we either try and upsell them or, or walk them through product uh, product types and train them and things. So um, there's a lot, there's, there's, so, there's so much. And so my role is really getting with those stakeholders and talking through what their needs are and coming up with the solution and a plan to, to design an engagement program, you know, and I don't do it on, I don't do it all solely on my own. I take what, what it is their, their needs are, then I'll bring it to my team and we'll discuss it. And well, you can do it this way, you do it this way. Um, and then I'll go and deploy it uh, in Marketo. So I'm not going to say it's, it's not, it's not all me. We have, we have a few really, really talented people on our team. So, um, but I think nurturing is really the bulk of it. Nurture emails and campaigns. And so uh, that's, that's really where we are. I mean, even right now. Okay. So you have a centralized operations team who is, mm -hmm as you know scheduling and deploying the emails and then who actually builds them are you guys building the email <laughs> that's that's an important uh piece of the pie no so our team does not build those emails um we use an app platform and we have marketers field marketing uh persons all over the world who are building their own emails so you know, they already know what, what it is, who they want to market to, how they want to market, what the event is, um, all the details. So they actually build the emails in NAC um, and then they pass it around for approval within their team. And then they pass those emails on to my team and somebody takes that email, deploys it to Marketo and schedules it and things and builds the audience and all of that. So did it did it always work that way though, Corey? Or what what were you guys doing before that? So before before we adopted NAC, um, we th the process was very similar, except we internally were building the emails. And if you you got to think about it, if you're doing fifty emails a week, and there's only you know four people 
doing that. That that's a lot. Even even using NAC, uh, that's a lot for four people to have to build fifty emails, get those approved, and and build the campaign, schedule the audits, send them out. Um, <clears throat> so before before NAC, it was it was everything was done internally. All 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 a stakeholder did was request, "Hey, I want an email. Here are the details," and we would fill out the or, or create the email and send it to them, get approved and all that. So. Yeah. So what was, what was sort of the moment for Citrix where you guys realized, Hey, you know, this process isn't, you know, isn't working anymore or, or we need to make a change. <laughs> I think I felt that from day one, honestly. Um, my just, Again, I'm wired in a way that there's got to be a better way to do this. This 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 is not scalable. It's not sustainable with our team. You know, doing grunt work day in day out. It uh, it's, it's a demotivator, and especially for me, um, I just got tired. I got burned out easily. And you know, even though, <clears throat> hey, it's awesome being able to work from home and and all these things. Uh, knowing that th there's got to be a better way. And so we just, I, I, I took that to my team and we discussed and went out and found, and actually I think you and I had had some conversations before, um, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't the right person to make those decisions to say, yes, we can use these tools. So I had to get some people on board and luckily uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan, who's my boss, he, already was aware of it and and so we we went around and kind of looked at different platforms and and knack was the one that we felt was best suited for us cool so um so yeah um so you described sort of your process before what were you guys doing was it so was it a centralized team using templates or how were you set up yeah, so it it did evolve a little bit. <clears throat> um, when I first came on, it was, you know, I would I myself and maybe one other person would design the email and then get the design approved, and then we would code the email, um, and then uh, send the send that email out for approval. So, I mean, naturally, that that just sounds like hell. <laughs> so um, we did that for. I don't know, a year maybe, and just just got burned out. And, you know, things evolve and change quickly and, and at Citrix and teams, people move around. And so Ryan then came on board and I just, you know, frustrations were high. And uh, he said, well, what do you, you know, what do you suggest? And, I, you know, I knew that there was a tool called B Pro, the B Editor or B Pro or something. And I had played around with that. Um, but let me, let me back, let me back up. So we were doing hand coding emails and then Marketo, the, the email editor came out. Right. And so that was another thing I had to learn. I had to learn Marketo's, I don't know what you call it, Munchkin code or their, their code. The syntax. Right? Yeah. Marketo. Yeah. The Marketo syntax, which um, is pretty brilliant. Honestly, it's, it, it's easy to learn. Um, 
So then we, we took and built our own templates for, for that and was able to just kind of do drag and drop kind of things. And then we tokenized a bunch of templates. So building emails actually went fairly quickly, but we were still doing it internally and we only had a few people doing it. And so it just, again, it's not scalable at all. Um, and and, and then, then again, there's gotta be a better way to do it. And that's when we found that. And so the, the term self-service kind of became a, a household term within our team and then, and then business-wide. And so the, the experience is, well, we want to enable people to, to do it, to build an email or design an email um, and have ownership of it, you know, like not really uh, depend on, on others. So that's and, when we and adopted so, Mac. And, so I, I, I'm curious, you know, so you went from a centralized team that was building all of the emails to decentralizing uh, email creation across all of your stakeholders. What what did that mean? How did things change for for you as the demand center team and for the field marketers? So for for me, it allowed me to be able to uh, go after other things that need improvement and and improve upon those and create new processes and um, kind of slow down and really kind of take on the role that I'm supposed to be in versus doing doing grunt work. Um, and then as far as the the field marketing users. They, they no longer relied on uh, a centralized team on something that, you know, we had no clue what they want, what, I don't know what image you want to use. I don't know what you want to, you know, you can tell me all day long what you think you want to use, but they, like I said, they have ownership in their emails and they're able to, to create an email within just a few minutes, which used to take hours. Um, and then either the volume of emails, we are able to scale and, and to be able to, to send more, not, not that more is better, but be able to, to do more if, if we needed to. Um, so, but one important thing is NAC allows governance, brand governance. And that's a really important key piece of, of allowing others to be able to, to create something. And you know, brand. I was, I was kind of the brand head of the brand police. I guess you could say if I saw something, no, nope, can't use that. Sorry, you're gonna have to find a different image, or you know. Um, so, um, but NAC allows you to to lock a lot of different things down, and um, so that, that that's a, a huge key element to being able to allow others to to make their own email marketing pieces. Awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, um, a lot. So, I mean, we do our, our annual benchmark study every year, and there's still a lot of people who are hand coding emails or who are using templates. Having yeah. kind of gone through that email maturity model, like 
what, what would you what have you learned and what what would you want to share with those people um i'm trying to think on um so you're you're asking like of an agency that builds their still building hand coding emails i guess i would just i would just tell them like look you could take on a lot more uh, and be a lot more efficient if you would use tools that were designed for specific uses in this case NAC. Mm -hmm. if you you know if you uh invested in in the tool uh your return is going to be is going to i mean it's going to outweigh the investment and so both in time and then monetary benefits right so uh, I don't know. Hand coding things is really the thing of the past. Uh, I really, I really do feel that. I mean, there are certain case, certain special cases where, you know, if you're an engineer or uh, you're developing something, but in this case, if we're creating emails, the need's not there. You can do just about anything now with, with a builder. Um, so skip the headache and, yeah and what about templates like how come templates don't scale um i think people get tired of seeing the same thing over and over and they get tired of using the same thing over and over and so they constantly are wanting something new and eye-catching and so uh i think that's i think that's why and it, it, it's you know you're you're bound to to one thing you're bound to if it's a template and it has the same hero and a body and a button that's all you get you don't get to to build or add any additional items to that template so i think that's that when one reason would be why it's not scalable from a design mm -hmm. standpoint cool so at, at citrix now how many emails would you say you guys do in a in a month <clears throat> Um, on the field marketing side, I would say anywhere from 150 to 200 emails. And okay. then the, the, the nurture teams probably with, I would say, I mean, it, it just depends. <laughs> uh, probably around maybe 100, maybe a little less than 100. Okay. It just, it just, so around like, call it three, 400 emails total a month? It, it very well could be, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, how and that's that's for multiple languages. That's for you know, like ten plus different languages. That's not just English emails, right? Um, and then, uh, how many email developers do you guys have? We have. So, as far as developers, um, as like somebody, are you, are you asking who goes into NAC and creates all the themes and the modules and things, or are you talking about builders? Like, like a, are, more like a specifically trained email developer who codes emails. It's scary to say, but there's there's still only about two people, myself and one other person that that is actively doing that in NAC. Um, yeah. So I, I wish there was more of us, um, but yeah. As someone who is kind of an 
an email developer what what do you think the future like what's the future for email developers oh man that's a good question i really haven't thought of it of i haven't thought about it um you know com computers are only as good as the user and i i don't know i don't know you tell me you tell me yeah well, i'm uh, curious to hear i mean <laughs> like what i what i really appreciate about you Corey, and maybe this goes back to there's always a better way but you you've really embraced knack not as a platform that's going to put you out of a job but that's going to allow you to focus on more strategic things Sometimes yeah. what we see with other email developers is they're like, ah, I don't want to do something like this. Like they're not going to need me anymore. So I'm curious, I think, I, like your mindset on that. I think, okay. So I think the future is going to be a person, we'll say a, a field marketer is going to, and, and they already can, right? They already really can do this in that but they can do everything. They can build the email. They can create the, pro, the Marketo program, schedule the email. I think the only thing they can't do at the current time is build an audience within the NAC platform. So I think the future of, of an a, a email developer is like somebody like myself is enabling end users to, to be able to do everything at, at one time. Like create a campaign, create an email, create an audience, schedule that email, um, deploy it to Marketo and all those, all those things. Um, so, and I, I've, I've, I know that I've been, <laughs> I, I constantly requesting new features to the NAC platform. And I think, you know, you guys deliver every time and it just makes the platform that much better. Um, and, and that's another thing I think uh, we're developers, we're just, we're keeping um, things in mind for our users. So we want, we want not only our jobs to be easier, but we want to be able to allow our users to essentially do it all without the need for relying on, on someone else. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. Like empowering all of your users to be as good of an email developer as you, but without needing to know necessarily those skills. Yeah. Um, yeah. Couple of rapid fire ones. So I know you mentioned you play guitar uh, and we chatted about work-life balance. That's also really important for us here at NAC. Would love to hear, you know, when you're not, uh, coding emails and making sure that your hundreds of field marketers are able to do their jobs. What what do you do for fun? Um, well, I have two two kids, and so when they're when they're home from school, it's uh, whatever they want to do. You know, playing basketball or throwing throwing the ball around. Um, when the kids aren't around, it's uh, obviously guitar. I, I, I do shoot photography and do some video stuff. I like to fly drones. Um, nice. I just got my first drone this, this year. It's, it's so a fun. lot of fun. They, they are. are and, fun. and they're actually really easy to use. I mean, yeah. They, there's a little bit of a fear factor with, with it, but you just have to kind <laughs> of 
you know, in, in uh, the States, you really need to learn the laws and things and get certified, but uh, they're easy to fly. They really are. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was amazed. <laughs> I think it's one of those technologies that I'm just like, I can't believe that I can uh-huh. do this now. Like, Absolutely. It's incredible yeah. how high up and far they go and the quality of the video. It's, it's wild. Right. Um, I am a bit of a Disney nerd. Uh, we're a Disney family, so we like to either we'll either go to Disneyland or we'll go to Disney World, um, either once a year or every other year. So yeah, that's really it. Nice. Uh, I am a yeah, ga- gamer too. I like to play games. What are you <laughs> playing right now? Well, actually, since we we just moved into this house maybe a month or so ago, and I haven't really been, had the time to to play, but <laughs> excuse me, but. For, uh, I mean, anything and everything. You know, we're big into Minecraft. You know, yeah. Kids, so that's really kind of a ongoing thing with us. Nice. So. Nice. Um, who Who's one person in the business community that you admire and why? Um, so Sydney Mulligan. Is one that comes to mind. She's a uh, she works uh, with Atumos, and I, I I admire her because I feel like she knows everything there is to know about Marketo, <laughs> and uh, she's been actually very helpful. I'm trying to get certified. I'm working to get um, Marketo one and two certification, and so she's been very helpful in like just like here are the things that I would suggests you study and uh but anytime i go to her with a question she's um she knows the answer (laughs) and i don't know i i I really i really look up to her and there's there's also one other um, person that i work with her name is liz lyons she's actually she's been with citrix a couple of years but i just she's uh the fact that because she she came into to our team not knowing a whole lot about Marketo, but she like ran with it, and now I feel like she knows more than I do. So, um, but yeah, no, Sydney definitely Sydney Mulligan over at Atimos. She's yep. just yep. an amazing, amazing, knowledgeable person. So, for sure, yeah, yeah, I know Sydney, and she she does a great job of moderating that Slack community that they do as well. Yeah. The, Yep. Yeah. Uh, so last one, what's, what's one piece of career advice or something that you've learned in your career that, that you might, that you think might help others? Um, I, I want to say not work toward the role that you want, but work like you're already in that role. Does, does that make sense? Like if you want to be, yeah. <clears throat> you know, without having to step on the other people's toes, but, you know, step in, step into the role that you want to be, even though that's not your title, like just take ownership of that role. Um, and you'll get recognized. I know I, that that's really kind of how it works at Citrix and nobody's going to hand you something. They're not yeah. going to hand you your a role or they're not going to hand you um, a title. You have to, own it um and so really that's that's one thing 
that I would suggest. I love that. Yeah, I, we, uh, one of our core values is that, you know, we would like people to stay curious, which you clearly do. But I, I you know, we always love when people come in and 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 wear multiple hats and show us where where they're strong and what they're good at so i think that's great advice for anyone looking to progress their career and you know it was really great chatting with you today uh corey uh going over how you move from creative uh into marketing operations what it was like uh to run your own consultancy and work on the consulting side how to scale email creation uh, at, at a, an enterprise company like Citrix, uh, and then a little bit about you and what you like to do for fun. So thanks so much for joining us today. It was great chatting with you, and well, thanks I'm sure for having we'll me. talk again soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks, Bruce. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Unsubscribed, a podcast created by Knack. If you enjoyed this episode of Unsubscribe, be sure to subscribe to my podcast and leave a review on your favorite podcast player. If you have any feedback or want to chat, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn or follow me on Twitter at marketing underscore 101. Cheers.